Come on, let's give it up for our veterans. If you're a veteran, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you for your service. Come on. Well, if you're a visitor, only good-looking people come to our Savior's church. Secondly, go Tigers! Come on, I knew it. Hey, I can't imagine, you know, my friend um, uh, Chris Hodges, who's in uh, second largest church. I take him, Pastor Jacob, and I take him uh, duck hunting every year and guide him ducks. And he's uh, at Birmingham, uh, Alabama, and he's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so can you imagine the oppression has left that man this morning? And uh, so I just think about him and all that's going on. But, uh, you know, we're just so grateful. I'm Pastor Bubba McCann. Uh, I'm the founding pastor of our three campuses, uh, Jennings, Eunice, and, and now Crowley. Come on. And uh, last week you saw a video. Some people go, are you retiring? No, I'm refiring. And uh, I'm not. I'm just. I'm still here. I'm, it gives me the opportunity to travel and uh, do some of the things that I do. And uh, and I'm still going to be around. I mean, they're still paying me. And so uh, that. And so uh, people are like, "Why are you retiring?" No, we didn't say anything about retiring. Basically, what we're doing is I'm allowing Pastor Josh to take over the senior position. And what he's going to be doing, he's going to be making the day-to-day decisions. And he's actually been doing that for a year and a half while I was on sabbatical, just fighting for my life. You know, the crazy thing is, a year ago today is when they took the tube out of me in ICU. And, uh, and then my wife was looking at a memory. She said, did you see the memory? Zach had written a thing. He said, my dad still hasn't lost his sense of humor. They took the tube out, became... He got awake, and he, the first thing he said, let's get out of this pop stand. And so I don't know where, you know, where I got He goes, where'd you get that from, you know, and stuff. But, hey, I'm so glad to be here with you. Um, this morning I brought uh, my son. He probably was like, oh, Dad, why are you there? I brought my be- one of my best-looking sons. I have five sons, and I have my son Nathan this morning with me that I'm proud of. He loves God. He's, God's got a great... Uh, vision for his life, and I'm so proud of him and where God's taken him. Nathan, just wave your hand so people know where, okay, now, that's all I'm going to ask him to do. So when they walked in, and some of the guys were out in the front, you know, the guys, they stay up at the front, and they kind of check you out, you know what I mean? And uh, they, they say, man, he looks like Zach. I said, well, he's taller, better, man, better looking, and he's single, and uh, I didn't tell him that, but they go, yeah, and he doesn't wear skinny jeans. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, so if you're looking for a title of the message, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened in the notes, but uh, if you can just pop, maybe get some, if you brought your notebook, what I would do, I'd look for a space where you can write these notes, because I really feel like this is a message for us, where we're at, and the season we're in uh, with the Crowley campus, and the title of the message, You Only Live Twice, and uh, you know, it's when God called me to come here, our motto's always been reaching people, building lives. And it's to know God personally and powerfully, not just a one-day event, but that, you know, it's every day that we love God. Amen? We find freedom. The power of God help us to overcome things uh, that hold us back. 
And that's where we have life groups. And one of the things I love about life groups is that people are able to share their heart in a, in a small setting. And people can pray with them. People can encourage them. And also, you, it's a great place to build new friendships. I have one guy that recently got saved. And he said, I'm going to one of them life groups, Pastor Bubba. And he goes, and he goes I, I got some bad friends. I need some good friends. And I said, well, that's where you're going to find them. And, uh, you know, and then also discover your purpose. And, you know, once, once, uh, once, uh, once yesterday is settled, uh, we, 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 we need to find out, we find out what our tomorrow clearly, clearly becomes. And, and I, I know that 80%, 80, they say that 87% of Christians never discover why they exist. They're looking for their purpose. They're looking for why am I here, God? What, is, what purpose do I have here on this earth? And what we do is we do that in two weeks, and we call that next step. And we try to help you get on that course to find the purpose that God has for your life so you can begin to make those steps towards the purpose God has for you in your marriage and with your children. See, the ultimate purpose of my life and your life and our church is to make a difference. Amen? And we know that when Jesus comes into our lives, he begins to make a difference in our lives, and we begin to take a journey with him. Amen? It doesn't, it, we don't know where that journey may take us. Come on. Okay, I mean, I'm talking about. I never, look, I never signed up for cancer. You know, like God goes, I'm, I'm getting out slips for cancer. Anybody want that? I go, yeah, give me that one, Lord. I didn't do that. You know? And, but I just say this, God's used it in my journey to draw my family closer, come on, to help me to be able to reach people that I would never be able to reach and have a greater capacity to see what people walk through and what they go through. And so we're, de we're devoting this entire series of helping you to make a difference. And for not only you as an individual, but us as a church, that we can make a difference in this community and in this region, because I don't believe that you're just, we're here to be just a city church. We're here to be a regional church, to reach a region for Jesus. Amen? So if you win, my text is going to be this morning out of Timothy, and it's Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17 through 19. And listen to what it says. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is unreliable. Their trust should be in God. How many of you know that money talks? Most of the time it says, goodbye. Anyway, and, and it said their trust should be in God, which richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. But doing this... They will be strong. They will be storing up treasure as good as a foundation for the future that they may experience true life. You know, uh, the hip-hop artist Drake, he has a hashtag, YOLO. And, and, and his motto is this, you only live once. And if I could, and you know, he's saying, it, it sounds cool, but it's not true. I'm going to make one that says, YOLT. You only live twice. You know, you, you see, we're going to spend, how do you know that we're going to spend the vast majority of our time not here on this earth, but on the other side? This is just a glimpse. This is just a moment. There's a, there's a scripture, it said, life is no longer than the length of the, the palm of your hand. You see, 
Paul's showing us our main motivation for making a difference in heaven. See, Ecclesiastes says this. He has also set eternity in, in the human heart. How many of you know that we all know there is more than just what we're living here on this earth? Come on. It's eternity. How do you explain eternity? You can't. Forever. No one's been there forever yet. It's forever. You see, Hebrews says it like this. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to face two questions. And there's going di- to be two different judgments. There's going to be two questions, I believe. It's a two-question test. And so my job is to help you, to help you when you have the open book test. You know, part of, part of my job is to prepare you for the final exam. You know, that, that my responsibility as a minister of the gospel is to prepare you, you're the saints, for the work of the ministry. Come on. To prepare you. And so here, I'm going to give you a couple of clues. Here's, here's two questions that you're going to ask. It's going to be, I mean, there's going to be the great white throne judgment. And God's, going to, uh, God's not going to ask you about sin he's, or how much Bible you know. He's not going to ask you how much you serve in the church. You never miss a church attendance if you got baptized. It's not what you did. It's who you know. So the first question, I believe, will be something like, what did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Got quiet in here. Your sins are going to have to be paid for. The question is, by who? Okay, let's do a test. How many of you have ever lied? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever lied. How many of you have never lied? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. Okay. So the right answer determines your destiny. The right answer, I knew, here's the right answer. I knew Jesus personally. Here's the question. Do you know him personally? Do you have an intimate walk with him? You know, if you answer correctly, a second judgment will determine what heaven is like. See, Corinthians says it like this. I love what Corinthians, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things Done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're all going to have to give account. Come on. You know, for, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. In other words, there's going to be a award ceremony. And, and for those who made a difference. All those who serve the gospel went to foreign countries. Reached out to their neighbor. Served in the church. Whatever you did, if you were a greeter here or, 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 or God's watching. And how many of you know God's got a great payback plan? But it's all going to be tested by fire. You see, the second thing is, are y'all with me? Okay, am I in the right church? Should I keep preaching this? Okay, here we go. Uh, Y'all gave me permission. Okay, number two, what did you do with what I gave you? See, not only what did you do with Jesus, but what did you do with what I gave you? See, this is such an important concept in the Bible. It's, it's at the end of the Bible. Revelations. You know, Lord, I'm coming soon, and I'm bringing my reward with me to repay back all people according to their deeds. See, there's, 
if you look at it, there's some eternal principles that we all need to understand. You need to write these down. The first principle is this. Just, I'm just passing through. <laughs> I'm just passing through. See, Philippians says, I told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Paul's dealing with people that are claiming the gospel and walk with God, but yet holding hands with the world. Their lifestyle has not changed. They're just using the name. But their life has not been transformed. I believe this. When you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a transformation that takes place. You may look alike like you did on the outside, but your eyes are a little brighter. And there's a little hop in your step. And there's a little joy in your heart. Come on. Because I believe what happens is, is like when you get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit, they're the byproducts of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They're called the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. How many of you know patience is, is not something we're all born with? How many of you just love patience? We like the ones like joy. You know, kindness, gentleness. Self-control. Come on. We were, we were standing somewhere. Uh, me and um, one of the guys in there, Stephen Nassif, one of the guys in the church, he, he kind of is over prayer. And we were just sitting. We ate some uh, Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. Spicy. Okay? You can feel the Holy Ghost on that one. I'm just telling you. Thank you, Tiger. He saw me. Thank you. I had a little runny nose. Cool. That's loud. Sorry. Sorry about that. And, I mean, can I just tell you something? This is off subject. I'm going to get back. But when you eat, when you bite into a Popeye's chicken sandwich, spicy, just the spicy, you feel the glory of Jesus. I don't care what, what Chick-fil-A says. I don't care. I mean, they, whoever did that, I mean, think about that. Anyway, we're going to have another argument, but anyway. There's no argument. It's just settled. It's better. Then anyway, and so what happens, there are those, and it's, and I say again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross. I've been places where, for the first eight years of my Christianity, I worked in inner cities all across America. That's what I used to do. I stop at bus stops, share with people. I'd open air preach on college campuses. There was a lot of things that I did. And, and it's like I learned a lot of things. It wasn't just getting up here and preach. This is the easiest thing I do all week. Come on. This is where you get inspiration for your Monday. Hello? And we see how long that inspiration will last through the week. And so what happens is Paul saying, and says they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven. I like that. I like that button there. See, there's good butts in the Bible, and there's bad butts in the Bible. It's where you put your butt. And so what happens here, he says, we're so, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. I love this. And, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Don't, don't settle. Don't put all your hope in this life. You see, 
God loves Christians who have this kind of focus. Here's his. Here's another principle. My time on earth is short. <laughs> it's short. Good news to those who are going through a hard time right now. In light of eternity, it's very short. Thanks for that comfort, Pastor Bubba. But you know what? It is. You see, James said, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. You see, anything you think you have a lot of, you tend to squander. And see what happens. I like what Dr., you know, the great theologian, Dr. Seuss, who wrote Green Eggs and Ham. He said this, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why we call it a present, Dr. Seuss. Is that the notes, guys? Come on, they're giving you notes. And, and, and see, Psalms 90, I've used this on, at funerals, and teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. You know, when, when, they found, when people found out about the terrorists, a 9-11, I'll take when, in 9-11, and they hit the plane, the planes hit the towers, and, they, and then people that were in Flight 93 that were going down, they heard the reports because they started calling. What happened? They knew they'd been taken over. They have recordings of people on phone calls in the planes and in the towers, and so many of the people were saying what they wish they would have said already. Are you hearing me? They wish they would have said it. Before their moment. When I'm getting ready to die, small things don't matter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They just don't matter. The hardest thing as a pastor is walking with people who had to deal with the instant tragedy. Like, it happened. I, I did a funeral of a guy. found out I had cancer. Eight days he was dead. The incredible thing so when it's a slow death, you have the opportunity to get your house in order and to get your heart in order. And sometimes, can I just tell you something? I've done funerals. where I did a funeral a couple years ago. It was one of the saddest funerals I've ever done. It was a guy that was murdered over a drug deal, thrown in Lake Martin, and they found his body two days later. And everybody, I like, before the funeral, I talked to them, hey, tell me a little bit about him. Tell me about, and can I just tell you something? There was not one person that I met that said he was unselfish. He didn't think about himself. He thought about others. There wasn't none of that. There was other things that were said. I was just, I was grieved. Because I'm thinking, now, I don't know what his last moments are. Can I just tell you something? I'm not saying he could have got killed, thrown in the lake, and just asked God to forgive him. I don't know that. But all the fruits of his life didn't say that. Hello. It's not my place to judge him, but he will stand before God one day. He have to give account of his life. And see, when I've walked with people that have had tragedy, I had one a couple of years ago. A guy fell off his bike. He was actually the town drunk. Fell off his bike. He had a hemorrhage in his brain, aneurysm, pop, killed him. 
His mother is like my mama in Jennings. She's one of the mothers of the church. She's been there since almost day one. I love their whole family. That was our oldest son. And all the time, pastor, pray for him. And when they found out that he had passed away, I went to their house. And, and for her, she goes, he was such a sweet boy. That was her mother's heart. Another principle, I should make the most of every opportunity. That's just a principle. This life is a test. It's only a test of the eternal broadcasting system. It's only a test. This life is a test. And see, you won't get the opportunity. You won't get the, get the opportunities once you are on the other side. It's impossible. You go to work and you go to school and home and we look for opportunity. I'm just one of those kind of guys. I look for opportunity to tell, tell people about Jesus. I, I make it a daily. I don't care if you're getting a hamburger or a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Joke. Anyway. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Because he's made a difference in my life. He changed me. He did an inside job, just like he's done on you, on me. And the Bible says that God's no respecter of persons. That means you don't have to have a special call. You just, you just need to know this. God's called you. Hello? Well, I'm not Billy Graham. Well, Billy Graham isn't able to meet the people that you are able to meet. And you can share with them and live your life in front of them and have the opportunity to share with them. You see, Ephesians says it like this. This is what it says. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Fools say that there is no God. But those, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You know, they surveyed some people that were 95 years old, and they did a survey, and, and they asked them, if you could live life all over again, tell me what you would do. Here are the top three. The first one went, I would reflect more on my life, or what I did. Second thing they said, I would risk more than I did. And the last one, they said, I would do more things that would, would, lead, that would live on after I'm dead. You know what that is called? A legacy. A legacy. And that's our series. It's a legacy series. The one thing that Pastor Josh asked me in the video, he said, what do you want your legacy to be? And the first thing I said, I want people to know that I love my wife and I love my family. And then I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love my wife and my family. And then we were able to make a difference. Because we moved with four boys that would drink eight gallons a week of milk. I needed Elsie. And we moved in faith. 
We didn't have a promise of a salary. We didn't have a promise of anything. We just knew that we were supposed to go. And God had called us that we weren't going to make an, a city church. We knew in my heart God had spoken to me when I left Washington State to come back to Louisiana because I'm originally from Louisiana. I was there for five years and on staff at a church there. God called me back. And one of the things he told me that, that, that we were going to start, I'm not going to tell you how many number, but he gave me a number of campuses. And we're not there yet. Bigger than I can do. Bigger than me. Come on. How many you know when God gives you something that's bigger than you, that it might be a God-sized dream? Okay? That I need God to help me. And when we came, it was, just, it was faith. God, listen to me, guys. God loves faith. God loves faith. See, if you feed the whole world and they go to hell, you lose. Come on. We've got to make a difference. You see, what, what makes it valuable? You see, Corinthians says this. It says, 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 14. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has, has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. Here's the picture. Jesus will come with a torch and we'll have all of our works and everything we did. It's like wood, hay, and stubble. Come on. And he will put that fire to that and whatever's left over, whatever gems, jewels, whatever that we did was for the kingdom with the right motive, that we did it not for ourselves. We did it for him and him alone. Are you hearing me? That's what we will be able to bow down and present to Jesus as a gift. Our works, our lives will be revealed. Listen, I don't want some little jingle jangle little costume jewelry given to Jesus. Come on. I want to be laying down some diamonds, some gold, some silver, some platinum. You know, come on. And all you cheap husbands. I got a word for you. The wives told me that. They did a survey here. They, they, they told me I need to talk. It's going to show up in heaven, whatever we did here on earth. So I, every time I come here, y'all ask good questions. So how do I live a life that God rewards, Pastor Baba? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you three things real quick. You with me? Number one, go through life looking up, not looking around. If you got enamored with your house, with your money, with your kids, your stuff, you'll be disappointed. If your life is not good right now, don't look at your problems. Look up. See, this is what we do. Sometimes we get so enamored by the things that we see that we have. Come on. And here's, here's, here's how we look in America. You know what we do in America sometimes? Did you see what the Boudreaux's got? Man, he got a four-wheeler. We got Pete and Joe. They got to go. 
Then we go, well, if the Boudreaux's got that, we got to go get one. And you're like that commercial. I remember I, the commercial I used to love about that guy. He's mowing his grass, and he's going, he's talking about all his problems, and he's going, you know, I spent this, and we have this. And he goes, someone please help me. Because <laughs> I'm in debt to my eyeballs. Success is not what you possess. Success is who possesses you. Because can I tell you something? My life with Jesus is so much better than my life without him. It just is. Hey, let me just give you a hint. I've been serving the Lord for 39 years. I couldn't do anything consistent before I served Jesus for 39 seconds before. That's the truth. I was so messed up when I came to know the Lord. Before I came to know the Lord, I remember I looked at a guy one day and I said, man, I just, I realized I was stupid. Because whatever, if I, if someone was doing that and I smelled it, it goes, hey, give me a hit. Or if there was something they were passing around, I'd take it. I was just dumb. And I remember when I came to that point that I, I, had, an, I had an radical encounter with Jesus. Repented of my sins, got filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're telling people about Jesus. I mean, the moment after I got saved. First guy I ever witnessed to was my, my roommate in my apartment. He walked in. I'd been tearing up rock albums and talk, I got all my pornography, put in a big 55-gallon uh, bag and, you know, Playboys and hard, bad stuff. Put all that in the bag and had all my pipes and my, my uh, bongs and all that. Broke them up, put them in the 55-gallon bag. I just put everything I knew. And my friend walked in and goes, what are you doing? And I go, man, I gave my life to Jesus, Mark. This is my devil bag. I'm putting everything in my devil bag that I don't need anymore. And he goes, yeah, but some of those records are breaking her mind. <laughs> Jesus makes a difference. Can I tell you something? When you're getting, listen, when a guy gets engaged and he loves the girl that he's about to marry and she's perfect because they haven't gotten married yet. <laughs> Just leave the toilet seat up one night. That's all it takes. Woo! You will get a lesson on toilet lids. But when I met him, he rocked my world, man. People go, you want to get high? I go, no, man, I serve the most high. I mean, I used to do dope, but now I give hope. Come on, I mean, just go down the line. And see, that's what Jesus does. He changes your life. I'm not what I used to be, but I am. I'm going somewhere. When I leave this life, listen, I always just think this. I go, God, I used to read about the martyrs. You know, they have Fox's Book of Martyrs, but I have a book about this thick. It's called Martyr's Mirror, and it gives every account up until like 1650 or 1700 of all the saints that died and were persecuted. I mean, it, the book weighs 10 pounds. It makes Fox's Book of Martyrs look like Rumper Room. Okay, for, you don't know that. Sesame Street. Barney. For every, I'm going through different generations, all right? And when you hear their lives say, God, I want to be one, like one of them. I want to go out blazing. Then I get cancer. I go, I don't want to die of that. 
Are you hearing me? However, whatever my journey takes me, it's just this is momentary. This is momentary. Are y'all with me? If your life is not good right now, you got to learn to look up. I realize this. This is one of my life lessons, personally. I got to keep looking up because he's looking down to help. And I need all the help I can get. Amen? The second thing you need to know is you give up something now for something I want later. Someone asked me, Pastor Bubba, you didn't go on opening day to go hunting? I go, man, my wife was going out of town for a week. No, I didn't go. I'm laying that down right now because, see, marriage is like a bank account. The more you deposit into your account, the more you can withdraw. Come on. But the sad thing, most marriages in America have, they're overdrawn. Hello? So here, can I tell you what my motive was? I got a lot of hunts left for the rest of the year. But my wife, I drank coffee with her, had good time. I made a deposit. And so when it comes to the year, if I make enough deposits, she will look at me and go, baby, you haven't hunted late. You need to go hunting. Baby, thank you for that burden you got. I need to go. (laughs) Instead of, you been hunting again? I don't care what the limit is. I've had it with my limit. Look, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. I call her, now her new name, I call her Gracie Tracy. See, this is a principle. If you want a healthy body, you have to give up something now for later. It's better It's a better eternal principle. It just is. We ask ourselves this as a team sometimes. Can we reach more people? We're not spending all that money. Can we be wise in what we do with what we have? Are you hearing me? We have to, how many you know, we have to do inventory sometimes. You see, Matthew says it like this, Matthew 6, I love it. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them for where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Some of you are wondering why you don't love God like the people on your row, wherever your treasure is. There's the desire of your heart. That's where it'll be. All I need to do is look at your checkbook. And it'll tell me the desires of your heart. Some people go, I need revival on my checkbook, Pastor Boba. You see, the third and final thing that I want to share with you, and it's really important, intentionality makes a difference. Here's what you have to do in your heart. You have to settle. I'm going to be intentional about what I do, what I say, and how I live my life. I was sitting down with a guy the other day, and he's going through some battles. And I said, you know what? Let me tell you something. This is how the military trains. They make you keep doing a certain thing 
I mean, they'll wake you up at 3 o'clock, and you got to go, you got to grab your gun. you got to do certain things, and they have things, and they build this thing in you. And so when something radical happens, you just, you, you react a certain way. Are you hearing me? It's called muscle memory. And it's built, and I said, here's what you need to do in the spirit. If you're not in the word, you need to be in the word. I saw a cartoon. One of my friends sent me said, God, I need to hear from you. And all of a sudden you see a hand come through the clouds with a Bible. I need you to speak. And he goes, here, he gives him a Bible. In other words, if you want God to speak to you, you need to pull out your Bible. You know, you have no excuse. They have apps, every version, and a few perversions. That you can read electronically. I still get pages. I like pages. I like to mark things up, make notes in my Bible. It's, it's my intimate. And when God speaks to me, sometimes I'll write what he's telling me about that verse. I was reading in one of the versions and it said, uh, it's in the Passion. It's talking about two things you need, wisdom and, uh, and uh, understanding. And it says, wisdom you're my, you're my love. And it says, understanding, he goes, you're my sweetheart. I go, whoo, come on, give me some sweetheart understanding. Because you know what? You ever been in those moments in your life, in your relationship, you just hit a sweet spot? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like when you go fishing. One of my sons, Matt, sent me a picture of these smallmouth bass he's been catching. And he's like, Dad, I found the sweet spot. I'm thinking that sometimes there's just that sweet spot in God. But you have to be, if you're going to find God's sweet spot for your life, you have to be intentional about what you do. You see, you need to be intentional to make a difference. We're, we're, we're unintentionally driven. We need to be driven by eternity. We, we, since we're all headed there, let's do, let's, do that in, let's do some intentional things. See, you have to make a plan. Intentionality, here's the thing it does. I, I need to share my resources. What do you mean? Become a priority, a percentage, a progressive giver. You know, this is how Tracy and I live. We tithe whatever we get. Whatever we get, we tithe. It's like non-negotiable. It just happened. Boom. That's it. And we give offerings. In fact, the church, our church, this church, and our other campuses, last year, we gave, we tithe from our churches. Come on. If we're asking people to live by that principle, we tithe and we gave. We gave 16% last year of total of whatever came in. We gave 16%. That's how we do it. We go, we go, all right? We're going to give part of that to missions. We serve we're, I'm on missions boards, and that we bless them, we help them. We Listen, you know what you've built this year, being part of this year? You've built a school. You've built an orphanage. You've blessed people to help in townships in South Africa. You're feeding kids in Kenya. You're feeding children right now. We started a dignity project right now in Sierra Leone. Right now, we're doing another dignity project. You're supporting in India. How many of you didn't even know those things? Come on. He goes, how many of you think that's pretty cool? Well, good. We have outreaches. You can go see what we're doing throughout the year. 
We are intentional. We go, hey, we got to push all our chips in the middle of the table. I'm pushing my chips in the middle of the table. Come on, I'm pushing my chips. And for us, as Christians, we've got to be willing to take all our chips and push them to the middle because we're not living it for this life. We're living it for the life ahead of us. That's good preaching, Pastor Bubba. Keep going. Thank you. You see, we're going we're gonna to take a legacy offering. We never ask people to give but once a year. And we do legacy. What we're doing is last year, I think they're going to, y'all have a, I think you're going to put up, go ahead, put that slide up. And then I'm going to, you have that about legacy? Okay, well, it's November 24th. There's, they were supposed to have a slide, just like they were supposed to have the notes. And we did get them, praise God. But last year, we needed to raise $250,000 for Jennings to finish um, and for, uh, to finish the children's shirts we have there. And we raised it. And we finished the children's shirts and we paid it cash, debt free. I mean, you know, that's a good thing. And then this year, what we're doing, we're asking all three campuses to give. And we're believing God for $250,000. Eunice is in the same position that Jennings was last year. They need to finish their children's church. They need $100,000 to do that. They had a building that was donated and moved on the property. It was a dance studio. And so that's what it's going to cost to do that. And then Jennings needs a parking lot. I mean, we have to extend the parking lot. They're doing four services now at that campus. And we can't, we don't have enough. If it rains, help them all. We got four-wheelers. We have four-wheel drive trucks that will pull you out of the mud. I'm just... And then here, how many of you know that Crowley might need a place? Crowley may need a place. And so what we're believing that Crowley, that you guys can raise $50,000. Because you happen, because Jennings and Eunice came together and we, to start this campus, we started with $200,000 cash. To be able to do outreaches, to pay Zach and Claire, to help you with rent, to help you with different things that we did throughout the years. That's what we did. We seeded. And guess what? There'll be other campuses one day that'll come, hey, that'd be next, next year where we go, look, hey, we got this campus we're trying to start, but we need Jennings, Eunice, and Crowley to help that campus. Amen? Okay, does that make sense? So on November 24th, we're going to take an offering. And some people go, well, Pastor, I can't give everything I, I want to give on that one Sunday. What we'll ask you to do is just take the envelope and say, hey, look, I'm going to, what my, I've done many times when God's given us a, a big number and Trace has already given, my wife's already given me big numbers and I'm like, oh, God, where's that going to come from? God. And sometimes we go, you know what, we're going to pay it out in six months We'll pay it out every time we give a tithe. We'll add to that. How many know a little bit every week can add up to that amount that you feel God's? And so here's the thing. There's no pressure on us. We're just asking you to do one thing. Ask God what he wants you to do and be intentional about it. Amen? Amen? Okay. Let's get back. And so 
acts of, you know, there can be, you know, if you were going to be intentional, you can give cards to people. And best time of the year to use them. You know, it's right now. Or, or, you know, and so here, here's a couple of things I want you to hear, hear me, and I'm going to be done. Intentionality. I need to learn to share my time. And I, that's what I love about everybody that serves in this church on the dream team. Y'all have an incredible dream team. You have incredible leaders. You have incredible people that serve. And some people had to leave. You saw them leave because they're going to serve somewhere. See, the crazy thing is what you have to realize, the reason you're able to sit here and not worry about your children or worry about things and, and be able to go, oh, thank you, Jesus. The kids are in the nursery. Thank God they're not just feeding them, you know, fishies and red Kool-Aid. We do give that, but that's not what we, we only do. We teach them about Jesus. Amen. Thanks for that amen. They work in the children's church. <laughs> but here's the thing. We're able to enjoy because there's other people blessing us while we're here. We couldn't do what we do if they weren't doing what they do. Does that make sense? And the next thing is, you see, intentionality, like I shared earlier, share Jesus with people. Get some, someone to church. Pray with someone. You know, the last year there was a couple in one of our campuses, and, and they had someone walk in, they drive in, and their, leader, their radiator was leaking. It was one of their employees. And they brought it to the shop to have it fixed. And while... Their employees were sharing what God had done in their life and how God had touched them. The people that had the leaky radiator got saved right there. The wife of the owner was able to lead them to Jesus, and now they come to church. You just never know. I got a report from a, lady, a girl in Africa a week ago, and she said, you know, Pastor, she, when Pastor Bubba McCann came to our church, and he said, where, what God had taken him from, I thought, if God can change him, he can change me. And she said, I gave my life to Jesus that day, and I'm serving Jesus. That was a, over a year ago. I got one on my phone that Zach was in England about two weeks ago, and a lady came up to him and goes, hi, hi. Are you Pastor Bubba's son? And she goes, and Zach goes, yeah. She goes, oh, I just have to tell you. He came to our church, and I had never gone to church before. And I came, and as he was preaching, I felt the presence of God. And God, and I gave my life to Jesus that day. And I got saved, and now my husband got saved, and my children are serving the Lord. I just want to tell your father, thank you so much, and we're praying for him. Here's the thing. You never know what Jesus will do if you just be intentional about what God's asked you to do. Amen? You see, you know... You will miss a lot of things on earth, but, I'll, but I will never miss, and you'll never miss what you invest in eternity. You'll never miss it. You'll never miss it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity today. What a great moment we've had. I love this church. I love these people. And Lord, you know, we're, as a church, we're believing that, God, that you will bring a 
pastor that loves you, that will guide us, that will lead this church, this campus. And we're praying not just for a person. We're praying for the right person, the right couple, the right people. And so, Father, this morning, we just ask for that. How many of you believing for that? Three of you. You need to pray more. Oh, oh hands got up now. All right, and then put them down. Maybe you came this morning and you're, you're really not where you need to be with Jesus. And you say, Pastor Bob, my intentions haven't been where they need to be. I need God to, to change me. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Bob, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. Three, four. Anyone else? You put them down. Five. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. Anyone else, real quick, before we pray? Okay. Let's pray. Pray this prayer with me, everybody, together. Say, Lord Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of my lifestyle that has not been pleasing to you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me to be over to overcome my sins, myself, and today I ask you to come into my heart to be born again, to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name.